Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, we, we meet like this on a regular basis so that we can uh, feed on the Word of God and that is food for your spirit. It's spirit food and it's faith food. And as you get stronger inside, things look different. Your perspective changes and things look differently. And by that I mean God gets bigger to you and the problem gets smaller to you. And that's, that's faith increasing is what that is. And you become able to overcome things that had been keeping you down and you become able to lay hold on and receive things that you previously had not. So get your Bible, something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us and let's, uh, let's receive today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the utterance, for the anointing, for the strength, for the grace and help. And... Uh, answers and showing us how to take the next steps in the walk of victory uh, in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please with me in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, if you would. 1 Corinthians 10. We've been talking about overcoming unbelief. And... Uh, in Hebrews 3, we saw that um, the first generation of Israelites coming out of Egyptian bondage were not able to get into the promised land, not because the giants were too big or the problems were too big or they were too weak and unable. It was because of unbelief. And he cautions us and warns us in that third chapter of Hebrews. He said, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. And 1 Corinthians 10 talks about that. And beginning at the first of the chapter, he talks about that, uh, you know, everything that happened with them, uh, the cloud being over them and the drinking out of the rock and, and uh, all those things are types and examples for us to learn from. In um, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, this is the Living Bible, it says, All these things happen to them as examples, object lessons to us, to warn us against doing the same things. And they're written down so that we could read about them and learn from them in these last days as the world near, nears its end. So be careful if you're thinking, oh, I would never behave like that. Let this be a warning to you, for you too could fall into sin. The Message Bible says a similar thing. It says all these are warning markers, danger. In our history books, they're written down so we don't repeat their mistakes. Did you know there's something better than learning from your mistakes? 
It's learning from somebody else's mistakes. <laughs> it really, really, it's, it's so much better. Uh, you don't have to make the same dumb, terrible mistakes to learn from it. You can, you can look at somebody else and go, whew, that did not end well. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Hmm? I'm not going to do that. And that's what he's saying. He said, look at that and see what happened and don't repeat their mistakes. Say it out loud, by the grace of God, grace of God. We, won't we won't repeat their mistakes. Go back with me, if you would, to Exodus, the 14th chapter. There are 10 uh, noted episodes where these folks uh, failed to believe God, were robbed by unbelief. And we've already looked at the first one here in Exodus 14, where the uh, uh, Pharaoh was pursuing them after they were left Egypt. And um, instead of trusting God, they just went into full-blown fear and panic and blamed Moses. They said, uh, they said, why'd you bring us out here? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone? Is it because there were no graves in Egypt? Uh, did they really want to die? If they really wanted to die, they'd say, oh, great, we're about to die. Come on. They don't want to die, and they don't want to be slaves. So they're being dishonest. There's dishonesty that accompanies unbelief. And when you get full of fear, you can do some stupid, really stupid stuff. Which is why, like we are talking yesterday, even though you may have all kind of feelings of fear and panic, that doesn't mean you've lost the battle. Just, I don't care if the goosebumps are on your arms and the hair is standing up on the back of your neck and, and you're shaking. You have not lost the battle. These are just symptoms, feelings. That doesn't dictate your choice. In the midst of this, you can say, I don't care <laughs> what I feel. I'm not going to doubt God. I choose to believe. I choose to trust God. Fear, get out of here. Remember the Bible said God didn't give us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. So these things involve spirits and spiritual influences and spiritual forces. And so just because something comes against you, against your emotions, against your mind, even physically you feel it, I'm talking about fear, that doesn't mean that you asked for it or ordered it or, or you know, like it or want to embrace it, it's time to resist. What do you do with fear, class? Help me out. What do you do with fear? You don't yield to it. You don't talk it. You resist it. You say, no, no. God's done too much for me, for me to crack up and fall apart over this. I'm going to trust my God. And even when your head doesn't have a clue, you say what? He will take care of me. Why, why shouldn't you be panicking and afraid? Because he has come through for me 10,000 times before. Is that right? Yes. And this time will be no different. 
He never fails. He never leaves me, never forsake me, never let me down. He always causes me to triumph. See, just talking like that is choosing not to fear. If you, talking like that shows you've already made the right choice. But see, when they, because they made the wrong choice to just yield to the fear, then they're speaking disrespectfully and in derision towards uh, uh, Moses and Aaron. Why would you bring us out? We told you to leave us alone. Now I want you, I want you to hear the tone of that. Have you ever heard that tone before? <laughs> Have you ever heard that tone before? <laughs> Maybe it was coming out of your mouth. <laughs> you want to change this. Why? Why would you leave me alone? I told you I didn't want to do this. I, I told you it. You're lying. You're lying. You know you wanted to. You know they wanted to leave Egypt. And not be slaves anymore. Right? You know they were happy they got silver and gold. And on their way to the promised land. So at the very least. Be honest. Take responsibility. Hmm? If, you, if it was so. That you're going to die out there. Because you're trying to get to the promised land. At least be honest. Yeah I wanted to go. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah I wanted to go. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, unbelief is dishonest. So we talked about what happened. Uh, God delivered them anyway. Isn't he a merciful God? Even with them doing all this junk. He had a plan. He wants it to be completed. He wants them. He don't want them milling around out here. He wants them to get over there. He didn't want them wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. That was never his plan. Vanity, emptiness, futility is never the plan of God. He's a God of increase. He's the God of fruitfulness. He's the God of results. Do y'all believe that? When you see something to where it's just futility, it's just a waste it's just draining for no reason. Somebody missed God. This is not God's plan. This is not, his, this is not Him. But He delivered them. And the sea came back and covered and destroyed Pharaoh and all of his hosts. So they will never have to be concerned about them anymore. Their Egypt problems are over. Permanently. They don't have to think about this again. Should this be an anchor in your soul? Things like this. Hmm? When you see God, you know, keeping you, when death is all around you, when everybody's got frogs except you and your people, everybody's got gnats and flies except you and your people, Everybody's cows and sheep are dying by the plague but yours. And it's pitch dark over there and the sun's shining bright where you are. And now, and now God does this. Nobody's ever heard of anything like this. Egypt was one of the major powers of the world. Major nations would not dare to bring their armies and take them on. And here a slave bunch 
didn't even have to raise a hand. God wiped them out. No more Egypt problem. Should that do something to you inside? Should it do something to all those people? Should they, should this be, you know, how many evidences do you need? How many instances, how many miracles do you need to see before you go, yep, you know that God, he can do it. <laughs> how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. How many? They had already seen ten major signs and wonders. They're in the process now of seeing ten more instances where God can deliver them. This is number eleven. And for a brief Sparkling moment. <laughs> we see some faith out of them. <laughs> Enjoy this, friends, because it won't last long. <laughs> verse 30. Well, verse 29. The children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day, out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord. And what? No, did they? And what? Believed the Lord and his servant Moses. I want you to look at the key reason though. Verse 31, the first part of it, Israel did what? Saw. saw. They saw it. They saw it. Uh, turn to John 20. Hold your, hold your place there. But in John 20, um, you see this after Jesus was raised from the dead. Some of his disciples saw him. And they went back and told the others. But, you know, Thomas said, you remember, he said, uh, verse 25, he said, except I see, this is John 20, 25, except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. This is being unpersuadable. This is not unbelief as a result of ignorance. You'll find there are two major uh, kinds of unbelief. One is ignorant unbelief because of what you don't know. The other is not a matter of what you don't know. You just refuse to believe even though you know. And that's the serious stuff that will uh, rob you. And so did you hear this language? I will not. Believe. This, this helps you to see again that believing is a choice. Can't you see that? You either you will or you won't. Not you can or you can't. You can if you will. You always can if you will believe. And so uh, afterwards, Jesus appeared. 
Verse 27, he said to Thomas, reach hither your finger, behold my hands, reach hither your hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Well, he did finally decide to believe, but it's after. (laughs) Can you see this? It's after he's touched him and sees him and hears him. And and Jesus then talks about the difference. In verse 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And in that same uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews, the very first verse gives us a a definition from God of what the God kind of faith is. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, Young's literal, I think, has it this way: it's the confidence of what you uh, of things hoped for or expected. It's the conviction of things not seen. Come on, do you hear that? The 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 conviction of things not seen. Said out loud, faith, faith is being sure, is being sure of, things of things not seen. Not seen. And you know, 2 Corinthians 4.18 talks about we, we don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And a few verses later there in chapter 5.7, he said, uh, we walk by faith not by sight. And so you will see that a lot of people that on the other side of something happening, when they see it all happening come to pass, they go, yeah, yeah, I believe too. (laughs) But if you refuse to believe until after you've seen something, It's going to be short-lived, and you won't experience victorious things like those who really walk by faith do. But, you know, let's let's enjoy this brief victory, though, for for a little bit longer. What what do you say? Let's don't don't rush through this. Uh, The next chapter, it said, verse 31 again, 14 in Exodus, it said, The people feared the Lord. When they saw the work that the Lord did on the Egyptians, they, they feared or they reverenced or respect the, respected the Lord and believed the Lord. Now, these two go together. The fear of the Lord and, and faith in God. Another way of saying fear of the Lord is reverence and respect and honor, which includes the actual concept of being afraid to fall into the hands of the judgment of the living God. Yeah, all of that's included about how big and how mighty he is. But if you love him and walk with him, you got no reason to fear his judgments. But the the respect for God and they believed God. And And it is expressed in praise and honor and worship. We got almost a whole chapter of it in the next chapter. Chapter 15, when people actually get in faith, 
Now here we see some characteristics of faith, some qualities of faith. Uh, what about the unbelief when they saw the Egyptians coming and all that? Fear, disrespect, sarcasm, blaming other people, being unstable, all that junk. But now, we just got through reading the verse that said, okay, now everybody went, yeah, <laughs> we believe. When they saw Pharaoh's chariots floating up to the shore and they realized we don't ever have to worry about them again. The Bible said in Exodus 15, I'm going to read this to you from the Good News translation. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. Said out loud, faith has a song. Faith has a song. Faith has a song. Hallelujah. You know what kind of song it is? It ain't the blues. Huh? You know what kind of song faith has? It ain't a sad song. It ain't a depressed song. Huh? It ain't a woe is me, feel sorry for me song. It's a victory song. It's a victory song. It's a glory to God song. It's a praise God song. It's a thank you Jesus song. I said faith has a song. Faith has a song. Unbelief has a complaint, a gripe, a blame. Let's, let, let, let's hear, let's, let's enjoy this, this song. Moses and the Israelites, they all sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord because he's won a glorious victory. He's thrown the horses and their riders into the sea. And you can almost hear them. Now you got to realize this is... What? Two, three million people. And, and this song is resounding through, probably echoing because, you know, the people in the back, they're going to get it a little later. <laughs> I will sing to the Lord. 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 The Lord is my strong defender. He is the one who has saved me. He's my God. And I will praise him, my father's God, and I will sing about his greatness. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. He threw Egypt's army and its chariots into the sea. The best of his officers were drowned in the Red Sea. The deep sea covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. You know, they had all their armor and stuff on your right hand, Lord, is awesome in power. It breaks the enemy in pieces. In majestic triumph, you overthrow your foes. Your anger blazes out and burns them up like straw. You blew on the sea and the water piled up high. It stood up straight like a wall and the deepest part of the sea became solid. Young's literal translation says it was congealed. Well, how can a liquid become a solid? That's when the temperature drops and it freezes. The enemy said, I'll pursue them and catch them. I'll divide their wealth and take all I want. I'll draw out my sword and take all they have. But one breath from you, Lord, and the Egyptians were drowned. They sank like lead in the terrible water. I don't know, maybe they broke and had an instrumental right here. I don't know. Because <laughs> they're having a big time. They're having a big time. 
you know, because it's, it's not just the fact that they didn't die just now or die today. They've seen things nobody's ever seen before. And, and they know they don't have to look over their shoulder. From now on, Egypt will never come after them again. It's done. Can the Lord do things against your enemies and adversaries so that that's it? You may have to deal with something else, but not them. They're done. They said, Lord, who among the gods is like you? Who is like you? Wonderful in holiness. Who can work miracles and mighty acts like yours? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallowed our enemies. Faithful to your promise, you led the people you had rescued. By your strength, you guided them to your sacred land. Now here, they're shifting over into saying, we're going to make it. Huh? We're going to get there. The nations have heard and they tremble with fear. The Philistines are seized with terror. The leaders of Edom are terrified. Moab's mighty men are trembling. The people of Canaan lose their courage. This is some insight. Later on, we see them talking unbelief. It helps you to realize they knew better. Back here, they're saying, yeah, everybody's hearing about and, and will hear about what happened here at the Red Sea. Because, I mean, nations all over the place were afraid of Egypt. And if God can take out Egypt in an afternoon <laughs> without his people even having to fight, then you best get out their way. They said, uh, melted have all the inhabitants of Canaan, one translation said. Terror and dread fall upon them. They see your strength, O Lord, and they stand helpless with fear until your people have marched past the people you set free from slavery. You bring them in and plant them on your mountain in the place, Lord, you've chosen for your home, the temple you yourself have built. You, Lord, will be king forever and ever. The Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground, but the Egyptians' chariots and their horses and drivers went into the sea. The Lord brought the water back. It covered them. And the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine. All the women followed her. They played tambourines and dancing. So I guess it was a tambourine solo. There was a break, <laughs> tambourine break, a lot of tambourine playing and dancing and singing. And Mo Miriam sang, sing to the Lord because he has a, won a glorious victory and has thrown the horses and riders into the sea. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> then it said, verse 22, Moses brought Israel to Red, from the Red Sea. They went to the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And they said, uh, the people murmured, verse 24, and said, what are we going to drink? <laughs> it was the three-day revival. <laughs> that did not last, sadly enough. <laughs> How many think you wouldn't have to lose your victory after three days? You could keep your song. You could keep your faith and keep seeing miracles. 
and our time's up for today. Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to see you back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.